Hey everyone, my name is Ricardo Avila. Let me ask you something. Does your heart race when you hear great music? I thought so. Does your heart ache when you hear a compelling story? I know it does. I also know your heart is going to love listening to the PC Music Diary. Your favorite popping collars hosts, maybe a surprise guest star or two, reveal the songs that have had the biggest impact on their lives through heartwarming, heartbreaking, and heartfelt stories. So listen to your heart and check out the PC Music Diary on the Popping Collars feed, wherever you get your podcasts. Pop, pop goes the heartbreak. I'm Greg. And I'm Betsy. And this is Going on 30, a popping collar side project where we get older and these movies stay the same age. (laughs) Yes, they do. (laughs) But see, it's sad. I work at a high school and I can say that about my job. It's not creepy, though. It's just true. No, it's only creepy when Matthew... I get older, but all my my congregation stays the same That's right. That's right. Uh, Those are movies that were nominated or should have been nominated for Best Picture 30 years ago, that is. This month, we're looking at the Richard Linklater generation-defining Dazed and Confused. This country is founded by people who were in the aliens, man. George Washington, man, he was in a cult. And the cult was in the aliens, man. You didn't know that? No. Oh, man, they were way into that type of stuff, man. It was the last day of school. Uh, Miss Crawford, I was thinking that maybe you and I can get together over the summer. I mean, it'll be legal. I mean, it, can be- it was the first day of summer vacation. You guys know anything about a party here tonight? No, sir. It was a time they will never forget. There's a new fiesta in the making as we speak. I thought he was cute. Well, that's you thought he was cute? Do you realize when he graduated, we were like three years old? If only they could remember it. Okay. So you're not going to go to law school? What do you want to do then? I want to dance. You going to be quarterback next year? I don't know. I might not even play. of a serious attitude adjustment, young man. Super dominant male in a 50s greaser uniform. That's what I love about these high school girls, man. I get older, they stay the same age. <laughs> the 50s were boring. The 60s rocked. The 70s, oh my God, they obviously suck. Dazed and confused. See it with a bud. Behind every good man, there's a woman. And that woman was Martha Washington, man. And every day George would come home, she'd have a big, fat bowl waiting for him, man, when he'd come to the door, man. She was a hip, a hip, hip lady, man. Okay, Betsy, I have a brief description of Dazed and Confused. Would you like to hear it? Yes, please. Oddly enough, for a movie without a plot, 
This mm. is interesting. All right. How do you sum up a movie that doesn't have a plot? This is how you do it. It goes like this. Okay. I'm ready. The adventures of a group of Texas teens on their last day of school in 1976. Centering. Wait, 76? No, it's 77, right? Because they're celebrating. No, it's the, 76 bicentennials. Oh, uh, bicentennial. That's right. Yeah. Do you know what year this country is now, Greg? No, I thought it was, I thought it was 1876. Awesome. 1776. That's right. Okay. Let me start this up. Okay. Oh my God. Don't cut any of that. Okay. Why don't you start over? The adventures of a group of Texas teens on their last day of school in 1976, centering on student Randall Floyd. Randall Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd. Who moves easily among stoners, jocks, and geeks. Floyd is a star athlete, but he also likes smoking weed, which presents a conundrum when his football coach demands he sign a no drugs pledge. You sound like a really big nerd when you read that a little bit. <laughs> he likes smoking doobies. <laughs> you sound like you might support neo-McCarthyism when you read that. <laughs> Betsy, what is your history with Dazed and Confused? I love this movie. I mean, what's not your history? <laughs> what's not my history? Well, I mean, for you also to talk about this as a generation-defining movie. Yeah. And it's also a histrionic movie, which is also right. weird. Yeah. So, anyway, it's all very interesting. I watched this movie when, for the first time, I think I had gone to camp for summer camp counselor training. And I think we watched it there. Okay. And so I think that's when I watched it. So I watched it at summer camp with a bunch of people who were going to be college, who were going to be counselors. So I had mm -hmm. just graduated, I think from high school. Mm -hmm. And so I'm watching it with all these people who are like older than me, who've been in college. And then I'm like, you know, looking at them and I'm getting ready to go to college, but I haven't gone to college yet. Yeah. And so it was like, it was like, ooh, wow. <laughs> you know, they're so old. And I, and I was like a CIT. Right, right. So that was my my doorway to this movie. So you were like the Mitch Kramer of your summer. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like at the beginning, <laughs> yeah, I was about to go be a freshman That's in right. college. Yes. Right. Yes. Because it is, there's something, like, I was not drawn in by Richard Linklater. Like, I'm not a slacker fan. Oh, okay. Not drawn in to other stuff. I, I don't even think I've made it through slacker. Wow. You know, okay. And, you know, as a, as a generationally defining, and we've had this conversation on the podcast before. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not a reality bites person. I'm a singles person. I've got plans. I'm saving the world. I'm having an apartment, I'm living in an urban setting, you know, I have these kinds of, but this idea of like for a night, because let's face it, I'm in the station wagon with the nerds. I think we can all name it and say it. I think <laughs> I can live it. You know, I'm okay with that. With Giovanni Ribisi's sister. Yes. Yeah. I am. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm with Adam Rapp, Anthony Rapp, right? Adam Goldberg. And Adam yeah. Goldberg, right. Mm -hmm. Like that's. That's me. And I'm okay with that. I like that they show up at the party first, you know, like they're, 
<laughs> like yes. <laughs> right. The like they brought a ho- like it seems like they should have brought a host gift. <laughs> right. You know, like they would have yeah, they've shown they brought some, like some chips and guac or something, right? <laughs> right. You know, that that would have been and then they just turn around, it's like, uh nope. <laughs> uh, but but that, you know, that's and I but it is, and it the thing is we watched it over Christmas break again. Uh-huh. And because this is what I always do with the first movie of the year is I subject my family to it. So they've been made to sit through Dances with Wolves, Beauty and the Beast, you know, whatever it is we're, we're doing alphabetically at the beginning right. of the year here. Right. And so we watch this. So I watched it with my 16-year-old, and she had the same reaction that I did when I saw it for the first time, which was, I don't know what that was I just watched, but I don't want it to stop. Yeah, man. It's, I just yeah. want to keep following them in the car. <laughs> like let's just keep going we're gonna go buy the tickets right okay what's happening the rest of the day right and so you just you just you get into the lives of these people mm-hmm. and you know what stuff for me it came out like right in the middle of high school right so mm-hmm. um so senior year of high school i remember this being on at like parties or something like that um hanging out you know you you would always see the box at the blockbuster um, somebody would the always check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The poster was always big. And then of course, once I got to college, like it was, I mean, it was on all the time of the movies that we've watched so far for this. I think this may be the movie that I've seen the most just because it's sort of constantly running in the yes. background of life. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's, it's funny though, to think that, you know, the Richard Linklater of it all, I don't know that I would have sort of been able to identify who Richard Linklater was until probably before Sunrise, the Ethan Hawke mm-hmm. movie. Um, that would have been the first time that I was like, oh, okay, that's that director. Oh, and he did Dazed and Confused. That's probably what I would have thought at the time. So mm-hmm. there was a little bit of anonymity to this. What I really mainly remember is that I just thought the cast was, they just seemed like a lot of fun and they seemed really cool. And, you know, the weird thing about it is you you were saying it's histrionic because it's like, it's a nineties movie that's set in the seventies, but it feels like the nineties. Like that's what I was doing mm-hmm. with my friends was driving around mm-hmm. doing dumb stuff because we didn't really have anything else to do. So right. It was just like you would drive around and then somebody would say, oh, I think we're going to have a meetup. There's going to be a party somewhere. You would end up there. Something would happen. You would go home, you know? Mm-hmm. So it felt yeah. as much yeah. of a 70s kind of vibe it has. It feels like a 90s movie, you know? Because I think that because the technology hadn't made that huge leap. You know, you were still in that you're going to end up where you end up. There's no texting people. If you're going to run to someone at the top notch, you run into them at the top notch and like, and then your evening goes that direction. Right. Yeah. You know, that that's, that's, and if you don't run into somebody, you don't run into somebody and then that's how it goes. Yeah. You know, it's like, what was that? um, Katie Holmes rave movie. That. Oh gosh. Oh, uh, go. Yes. Yeah, I love that. That has that similar, like that's right on the edge of everything changing, right? And so, so that you can have a hangout movie that's the same because that's what kids do. Yeah, 
Yeah, I love you that. have you have maybe perhaps differentiations around access to alcohol, right? Depending on drinking age, right? Eighteen at the time of the the movie. Yeah, right. I mean, eighteen, but even Mitch Kramer can go and get some beers, you know. Right. <laughs> uh, a, a tolerance of hazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know. And I think that that's referenced. I think the context for that is referenced as in football players can do whatever they want in Texas. And that, that I think is pretty true of football teams across the country. Pretty, But the senior, it's the senior girls that's organized. Remember he's like, he's like, Seems to be the school that they were providing parking lot space or selling concessions. (laughs) That's right. Seems to be right. And so there, there was a paper that came out in 1993 about kind of this, because this isn't Richard Linkletter's high school necessarily, right? There are some characters in here that are actually named after the exact names of some people that he went to high school with who later tried to sue him. Right. Right. Which got thrown out of court. But there's an amalgamation here. This, this also is not Austin High School, even though they cast like kids straight out of Austin High School in this film. Yeah, I went down a deep dive of trivia facts, Greg, after rewatching <laughs> this film. I'm just going to say, but you know, there are things in this film that happened at my high school, and that Mount Brook has been mentioned in connection with this film. Whether that's right. You know, that that we had high school sororities and we did something called Messy Day where you took out all the pledges and you could you dumped food all over them. And as long as you were willing to take a bite of whatever it was that you dumped on girls, you dumped it on them. Oatmeal, you know, rotten stuff, eggs, you know, like all sorts of stuff. And you just they lined up on a field and you just poured stuff on them. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was really, you know, and you had them recite things and they had to do things, anything you asked them to do, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And people come out, watch. I mean, it was, it was this. Yeah. I remember dog collars and put, I didn't have a cool pickup truck to drive anybody through a car. Fry like bacon was something that I have a recollection of. And, you know, it wasn't just like a girl air raids. I definitely remember that. Yeah. Um, so I don't mm-hmm. know. I will yeah, say I mean this, um, I think there's some universality here to some of yeah, this. Yeah. For sure. But yeah. it is also I watch it now and I think about the conversations that you know working at a high school that we have around raising right. mm-hmm. and about how long it has taken because we had a very entrenched hazing system here right. called the rat system that was here for a very long time. And you know, you see it mentioned in the school paper, like old archival stuff. You know, oh, we're trying to get rid of this, right? For decades, yeah. Yeah, um, and there's still you're trying. You've run into little vestiges, and you're still trying to work on it. Still trying to work on it all the time. I mean, these things, you know, they get, they just kind of get baked in. Yeah. Uh, I think that there's a there's a small town aspect to this too. Like I went to high school yeah. in a small town, and I think that that's a little bit of the crossover too is like you know this this probably doesn't ring true if like you're going to high school in like the you know in like the bay area or you know new york city or something you know but um there's there is a difference to like small town sort of life that i think lends itself to this movie Mm -hmm. um i will say that 
you're talking about the hazing part of this movie leads me to a new segment that I have. <laughs> oh, for this year. it's a new year. So we have a new segment. Which okay. Is Greg's scorching hot take. That's that's fire. Is, is, that, is there a flame? Is it like a yeah. pyro thing that happens here? Yeah, it's like flames shooting. I don't know. Off. Flames. I, okay. Scorching hot take. Okay. Okay. Uh, my scorching hot take for this movie is. I think Richard Linklater secretly hates this movie. And I think he hates it because people glorify characters in this movie. They're actually pretty repugnant. And I think that he's like, I never wrote these characters as like role models for you guys to emulate. Okay. So what, who are you arguing? What's that for? Who are you arguing is being emulated? Who's pretty repugnant? Oh, just the popularity of them. You know how we just even us as we're talking about it, it's like, oh, these people seem cool, blah, blah, blah. It's like Matthew McConaughey in this movie is not cool. We should probably say that up front, right? Parker Posey in this movie is not cool, right? Like right. Ben Affleck in this movie is not cool. These are really awful characters. No, but everybody knows Ben Affleck isn't cool in this movie. Yeah. All the people in the movie don't like Ben Affleck. That's right. I mean, there's a lot of people that are doing bad things in this movie and are doing dumb things. I think that's kind of what Linklater's point is, is that these kids are dumb, right? And they're doing yeah. dumb stuff. Yeah, they're, they're taking their own garbage cans at people's mailboxes and they're, they, yeah. Yeah, they're doing dumb stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I yeah. think that like, I think that nostalgia glasses get put on and people are like, oh man. That was such a great time back in high school when you could just do crazy stuff. And it's like, no, none of that stuff is actually cool, right? All of it's pretty lame. And Adam Goldberg is sort of the character that's pointing this all out, right? Like, this is actually pretty dumb, what everybody's doing. And yet we're just all going along with it. Well, I mean, this is when this is held up as the pinnacle. Right. When this is held up as the pinnacle of your life, small town, high school, football, you know, that there's the that moment when which I forget which London's in this film. Jason. Jason, Jason London, yeah. Jason. The other so one was when, on Party of Five at this time. Okay. Okay, yeah. thank you. <laughs> so when Jason London is when they're they're walking out of the baseball game and the other guys have gone over to go get Mitch. Right. But he's there talking with just that old man. Right. Who's like saying, oh, the team looks so good this year. How's your dad doing? Uh, he's doing great. This arm ready to throw about 2,000 yards next fall? Oh, I don't know. We'll see. We're depending on you, boys. And let me tell you what. You're looking good. 13 starters coming back. 22 men. Looking tough. Yeah. Well, um, you folks take care. Okay, good to see you, Randy. It's that that sort of thing makes yeah. it makes my heart a little soft and squishy. That small townness, that connectedness of it all. Because I think he is really listening to that guy, and I don't think he's just you know, yes sir, you know, and that sort of element of a small town that people know who this kid is. And he probably knows who that guy is. Yeah. 
Because that guy doesn't have a kid on that team, but he comes from no, the game. he does not. He, he does not. He doesn't even have a grandkid on that team. <laughs> no. Uh, but there, there's something about that being held up as the pinnacle of life. Yeah. But you know? I, I just think that, like, I think that Pink Floyd has the thesis statement for the movie from from Linklater's perspective, probably, which yeah. is just remind me if I me, if I start to tell yes. people that these were the best years of my life, remind me to kill myself. Right. Yes. Like this yes. is an anti nostalgia movie that yes. all of a sudden all of a sudden it becomes like a nostalgia cult classic. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I think that he probably secretly hates this movie because it actually what he wants to say with this movie, people took the exact opposite lessons from it, you know? But I still think he gets to say it. I still think he says it. Yeah. It's still in there. Yeah. It's still in there. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And he talked about an interview that I read, you know, he grew up, this is not supposed this is kind of anywhere, small Texas. Yeah, doesn't it's not necessarily Austin. It's not necessarily Huntsville, but like where he grew up, he grew up in Huntsville, Texas, and so small town. But also this weird juxtaposition with having you know this major prison in Huntsville, right. Texas. Mm-hmm. So really, it was football and the prison, and those were like the two big things going on in his town, and it was this really odd juxtaposition. And so you'd have these people who'd rise, they had like this peak of their moment, football, their life in high school. And then, you know, sometimes they would just, they would never go away. And then they would yeah. either start to work in the prison or they would become residents in the prison or they, you know, so it was this, there's this symbiotic relationship between the town and right. the, the prison as an institution, which was interesting. Yeah. But it's interesting. And that, and there is, there are those guys like Randall who can move between groups. And yeah. that I always find really interesting mm-hmm. is when you find, you see students who are, you see kids who are able to do that because mm-hmm. there are always those kids. But Randall doesn't feel beholden to any particular kind of like archetype either. You know, no, like he's a football he's player, not doing he's it not for... like, he's not like Dawson and he's not like, Right. Cole he's not Hauser. doing it for an end like, goal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's not trying to become class president or something. Right. It's just that he's he's probably a pretty smart kid. So he's ended up in advanced classes with the darts. Right. Right. And then you know, he likes to play football and he's played football since he was a little kid and he's the quarterback and he probably has a good arm. Yeah. So he's ended up with him. But know? he's smart, uh, but he's he's a slacker. He doesn't go to class. Yeah, right? right. So it's like so he's got all this potential, but he probably wastes it. He probably makes mm-hmm. like B's and C's instead of A's, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. 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 We all know that kid. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we'll get to this later, but probably probably sticks to his principles uh mm-hmm. more than is smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which and right. <laughs> Well, and here's the thing. Yes, I mean, I mean, let's talk about the righteous indignation of teenagers. <laughs> right. You know, it's great. What I do find fascinating about this is the cast is gigantic. I mean, yeah. you and I have talked about that this feels like a, a you know studio system film that's like, come look at the next new cast of stars coming up in the 1990s. You know, like right. that's what this feels like. Yeah. But that. With very little, 
you get to know each of these characters. Yeah. You know, someone tells you an Abraham Lincoln dream. Right. And it's like somehow like you're getting with just this very tight dialogue mm-hmm. and storytelling and how he sets up who is with who, who's in cars with who, who's talking to who, who's running into who. You get to know all of these people. Yeah. Because you well, that, can't spend that much time with everybody. Well, nothing's wasted. That's what I like about yeah. it, I think. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like um, everybody has like a, everybody has a purpose in what it is well, that they're doing. Yes. And all um, the music. I mean, yeah. so much of this budget for this film, looking at the fact, little trivia on IMDb, was spent on the soundtrack. Yeah. So much. And there was music they didn't get that they wanted. Led Zeppelin song, Robert Plant wouldn't sign off on it. Some other stuff. Like they spent so much money on the soundtrack. And this soundtrack was on hard rotation. Yeah. Hard rotation. And that summer and after that, it was like this whole like, oh yeah, if you were, you know, I was my little prog rock, you know, the cure and all of Depeche Mode and all the stuff that I love. Then I'm like, ooh, what's all this stuff? Right. This feels dangerous. Yeah. And so, you know, that the songs all make sense for everything that's happening. It just all makes sense. Yeah. Um, I have uh, one not quite as hot take, mm-hmm. uh, which is that, you know, we're probably never going to talk about a Kevin Smith movie on this pod just because. I mean, he doesn't really have any clerks would have been the only one and we didn't get to it last year. So, um, but, you know, I was thinking about Linklater's career and Kevin Smith's career uh, and how similar they are. You know, uh, Linklater has Slacker. He makes this small indie with his friends, Slacker. And Kevin Smith does the same thing with clerks. And both of them get like a bunch of money thrown at them to make a big budget version of what it is that they just did. And Linklater makes this and Kevin Smith makes mall rats. And it feels like, it feels like that's where their career paths diverge. Right. It's mm-hmm. like, not, I mean, neither of these are big hits, but dazed and confused has more cultural cachet 30 years later yes. than mall rats does now, you know? <laughs> True. So. True. Just interesting. Well, there's also, yeah. But two, there's also... two careers are kind of coming up at the same time that, you know, go go off in very different branches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also elements of this film that remind me of Cameron Crowe, and I can't figure out why. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And maybe it's the soundtrack. Maybe it's that heavy soundtrack mm-hmm. stuff. Maybe some of it's the casting. I mean, the cast, yeah, so we've talked about the cast. As a matter of fact, Betsy, oh, here my we go. top five list five. to kick off this oh. season of yeah, what we got? 93 oh. movies that were nominated in 1994. Uh, I have what the top five ensemble movies with future stars. Oh. Top five ensemble movies with future stars. So they're not stars. So they're not the huge stars when they make okay. this movie. Okay. Kind of like okay. Matthew McConaughey was not a huge star when he made this, nor was Ben mm-hmm. Affleck when he made this, but they became mm-hmm. huge stars, right? Yes. So yes. I have movies that have up and coming actors that I think will eventually, that, that ultimately became huge stars. 
Okay. Okay. Is there an honorable mention? There is an honorable mention. It's a television show. So I have to start with that. But Growing Pains, Growing Pains launched so many future stars. So just thinking in terms of stars on Growing Pains or even recurring. So Leo, obviously, right? Yeah. Leo. Mm -hmm. But Ashley Johnson was on Growing Pains. Matthew Perry was on Growing Pains. Brad Pitt guested on Growing Pains. Robin Thicke guested on Growing Pains. Heather Graham. Hillary Swank and da 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 Jenny Garth was on growing. Wow. 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 That's a lot of people. Before they were famous. Before they were famous. Okay. All right. Uh, What about number five? Number five is a movie that I've been talking to you about. Uh, These people are not stars now, but I think will eventually become stars. And those are the the, uh, actors in How to Blow Up a Pipeline, movie that just came out. But so this stars, is predictive. This is predictive. I think okay. these people are going to be big. Lucas Gage, I think, is going to be big. Jake Weary, I think, is going to be big. Marcus Scribner, Ariella Bearer, I think all of these are going to be big. Okay. Lucas actors. Gage, I'm already hearing about. So that's right. That's not out of the blue. Okay. All right. Fine. All right. What about number four? Uh, number four ensemble movies with future stars. I started thinking, okay, so who are like the millennials that we should start to look for? And that took me to Top Gun Maverick, Teller, Howell, Jay Ellis, Monica Barbaro, Lewis Pullman, Danny Ramirez. I think all of these people, we're going to look back at Top Gun Maverick and we're going to think to ourselves, man, I can't believe they got all those people in that movie. Okay. Are they all productive? No, 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 no. Okay. Just, all right. The, the first two, I wanted two to make sure. Are, okay. I wanted to make sure we got multiple generations. Otherwise, we okay. would just be talking okay. about '80s movies the whole time. Okay, I got you. I got you. Okay. What about number three? Number three. This is top five ensemble movies, so it doesn't yes. have a star, right? So ensemble movies okay. with future stars. Number three, The Lost Boys. Yeah. You've got Jason Patrick. You've got the Corys. You've got uh, Sutherland. You've got Jamie Gertz. You've got Alex Winter. In this movie, yeah. plethora so, of people in the lost. That's place. true. That's true. All right, number two. Number two. Okay, so this one's a little bit of a cheat because one of these people was really famous at the time, but the Goonies, the Goonies for an ensemble movie. You've got Who's Sean really Astin, famous? you've got Brolin, you've got Feldman, you've got Plimpton, you've got Kiwi Kwan, you've got who Joey really Pants. Famous? Yeah. Who was really who was really famous? Uh, Corey Feldman was famous by this point. He had he had okay. already yeah he had already broken out by the Goonies time. Okay, okay, all right, all right. Number one, the number one ensemble movie with future stars. It's got to be one movie. It's got to be The Outsiders. Ah, uh, yeah. Howell, Dylan, Machio, Swayze, Lowe, Estevez, Cruz. Oh. It's the Outsiders, baby. <laughs> I can't believe you were able to get two cruise movies on this list. <laughs> because I feel like two. Maverick should have been disqualified <laughs> because Cruz, Kilmer, and Connolly are in the movie. <laughs> yeah, but it's that younger cast that carries them. Whatever, whatever. It's Miles, it's Miles Teller and Glenn Powell that carry that movie. Whatever. 
All right. Uh, what is your best scene of Dazed and Confused, Betsy? It's when they're driving around in the car. And, you know, Melissa Rubisi is driving. And, you know, Adam Goldberg's in the backseat. Right. Tony Rapp. Yep. Since evidently his character name needs to be his real name. <laughs> so it's, oh. it's Tony in the movie. Yep. Uh, and they're talking about... Wait, is this the one where Adam Goldberg's like, I don't think I want to go into... Yes. Law They're talking about the future. Because I don't like the people. <laughs> yes. Yes. Look, I got a confession to make. What do you mean a confession? Look, you know, for like last year or so, I've been talking about going to law school so I can be an ACLU lawyer and be in a position to help people getting f***ed over and all that. Uh-huh. Well, <clears throat> I was standing in line at the post office yesterday, you know, and I'm looking around and everybody's looking really pathetic. You know what I mean? I mean like people are like a drool just sort of stay And then like this guy's bending over. You could see the crack. It was oh. just like wife beaters. It was, anyway, it was scary. Oh. And, uh, and I realized I just want to do it. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it sounds good and all, but I, I just have to confront the fact that I really don't like the people I've been talking about helping out. You, you, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't think I like people, period. I mean, you guys are okay. I, I'm just trying to be honest about being a misanthrope. So you're not going to go to law school? What do you want to do then? I want to dance. It just reminds me of, you know, because he's like being totally honest. Like they're just (laughs) talking about the future. And she's just like, you know, like whenever they, that group of people start pontificating in the movie, that's always, I'm always kind of drawn to that. And so they're like, you know, and he just gets all, and Adam Goldberg gets all flustered. They're like, well, what do you want? What do you really want to do then? And he's like, I don't, I don't know. I just want to dance. I want to Close the scene. And it's like, I'm like, I that was could a just, that was it's a great, a great one. Because that just reminds me of talking with people. Yeah. In high school. Yeah. When everything is an option. I mean, not that he's sitting there saying, I really want to dance. Right. But like, everything's on the table. <laughs> and I, do, just, I do love that scene. And there's something, there's so something so interesting about the Goldberg character that, um, you know, he took that part because of the fight. That's why he took the role. Yeah. Was because of the fight scene. And so there's something about this getting older, the fighting back against that. There's something about his kind of calling out the culture, as you talked about, that, you know, the sociologist to me really appreciates and and his watches as well would be a person who observes that behavior while also participating in it. Mm -hmm. And, and I like, I like them together. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I like that crew. I like that scene. Mine yeah. is um, the stuff that happens on the half yard line where they go out and smoke mm-hmm. pot on the half yard line mm-hmm. of the football field. I just like that whole thing. I like the vibe of it all. I like, um, you know, that's where we get uh, Randall Floyd's thing about like, you know, <laughs> if, if I ever start talking about these, it's the best days of my life. But you mm-hmm. also get McConaughey in in that, you know, Doing a really good job. I mean, it should be said, McConaughey's character is really gross in this movie, but McConaughey is amazing in this movie, Mm -hmm. right? Like, he's just so charismatic and just so, like, who is this guy, you know? Um, But he has that great thing where he's like, you know, 
if it's not that piece of paper, it's something else they're going to try to get you to sign. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, that's exactly right. It's all there's always something that you're going to have to conform to at some point. And it's a pick your battle situation. And so far, Pink, Pink hasn't found a battle he's not willing to fight. And I like that about Pink Floyd, you know, like I like that about Randall, that he mm-hmm. he really actually believes the stuff that he says. He's not just messing around like the other guys, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. I just like that whole vibe of that scene. It's quieter. It reminds me of like the after party stuff, which was always the best part of the party for me. It's like, mm-hmm. you know. Let's just go chill out, have a calmer vibe somewhere and talk about whatever, you know? And so, yeah. Well, and it's like Dawson has this this line there, right? Where they kind of slow-mo around Randall, you know? Well, I'm saying is I want to look back and say that I did the best I could while I was stuck in this place. Right. As much fun as I could while I was stuck in this place. Mm-hmm. Played as hard as I could while I was stuck in this place. Like that sort of... <laughs> Yeah. You know, that if I have to be here, because yeah. I'm still at an age where I have to be someplace, there's no ch- not choice aside from Matthew McConaughey's character who works for the city. That's some money in his pocket and he could go somewhere else. Yeah. But um, you're kind of, they're all kind of stuck where they are in the moment. Yeah. And they can't really go anywhere else. So there was a, you know, the first Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers best of CD came out like right around this time. It was like 93, mm-hmm. 94. And that was uh, Mary Jane's Last Dance was the uh, single that was on that CD. It was the original song that was on it. And mm-hmm. I remember me and my friends just loved, loved that song. And it was mainly for the line of, what was it, Tire? tired of screwing up, tired of going down, tired of myself, tired of this town. You know, Mm -hmm. there's something about that sort of small town thing where you're just like, man, I just got to get out of here. I just got to go where people are actually doing things, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, No, I totally. Yeah. yeah, And then then you, and you feel that on the road at the end with the sun rising and you're heading to Mm -hmm. Houston to go buy the Aerosmith tickets. You know, when you actually have to go friend. someplace That's right. to go buy the tickets, you know, um, I would say my, my cinematography best scene is the slow-mo walk into the Emporium. Three bodies lying there to steady One to go. For Rickford. What a bit happening. It's a bummer about your party, man. <laughs> what can I say? It's beyond me. Delivery guy bricked. And it's a keep your eye on the ball. Dead issue. Hey man, how's it going? Good, what's going on? Nothing. Not much? Nothing at all. Hey. Hey. Hey, uh, you know Mitch? Oh yeah, I think I just heard about you. Oh really? What'd you hear? I don't know, man. Are you okay? Oh. Yeah. Oh. Is one of my favorites <laughs> with the, with with the, the hurricane, Dylan, yeah. With Dylan's the song, hurricane, just that <laughs> that I love with the with the foosball going and the the pool balls and right. like the pinball, like everything kind of going off. Yeah, um, it's interesting. You know, the one of the one of the fun facts I learned is that um, Sean Andrews, the actor that played uh, Pickford or Prickford or whatever nickname you want to go with. Yes. 
Um, so he he and Mila Jovovich ran off to Vegas and got married. Oh wow! During the course of this film, she was oh, sixteen. Wow. Yep, that's a fun one. Got the parents Dang. got that one. They got that one annulled. Interesting. He and London did not like each other. Oh really? So you'll notice they, even though they're in scenes together, they don't actually speak to one another a great deal. That's funny. And the end of the movie was actually supposed to be Sean Andrews' character yeah. driving them to Houston. Yeah. And because they wanted, they had gotten in a fight or something, I think, on the set, and it had to be broken up. And so they wanted them in less scenes together, get them away from each other. Oh, that's funny. So that's how Matthew McConaughey's role actually grew in the sh- in in the movie but mcconaughey is just so good too like i mean it would just be a waste if he was only at the arcade you know like mm-hmm. i don't know um, and he based he based his role on his brother a little oh, bit yeah. yeah and over the course of the film um mcconaughey's father actually died while they were filming and the whole cast was so supportive they shut down filming you know they helped him plan you know get the funeral together and all that sort of stuff yeah Mm -hmm. oh man so well speaking of and he's actually younger than some of the actors who were in the movie at the time even though he was supposed to be that's true that's true he yeah he he, i mean he was like friends with link later or something i mean he was i mean it was one of those like um it was one of those harrison ford was George Lucas's carpenter kind of situation. Yeah. Him getting yeah. on this film. Like he wasn't supposed to be in it, you know, it just, Mm-mm. it just worked out that he was and he, mm-hmm. and he ter- turned out he was great. Um, so that's it. That is my best performance. McConaughey's my yeah. best. Um, because Wooderson is just like, as soon as he comes into the picture, you're just like, Oh my God, who is this guy? And mm-hmm. you just can't stop watching him. He's just so crazy entertaining. Yeah. Your best performance. Because I feel like I give it to McConaughey, so I'm going to spread it around. Even though I wouldn't give it to Adam Goldberg's wig, I'd give it to Adam Goldberg. Because <laughs> his wig does not deserve. He needs a better wig. But I'll, I'll give it to Adam Goldberg. Yeah. You know, he's like talking to himself, <laughs> drunk in the woods. Oh, the, like, fight, you know, the fight scene with Clint is just great. Oh, oh my gosh, great. it's so great. And then when he starts crying afterwards, yes, it's like, it's yes, so that's good. exactly, that is exactly how that would play out. That's exactly yes. how it would play out. Yes. Yes. Uh, and then, you know, then let's all go get pancakes. Yeah, exactly. Right. I love, love, love breakfast after a, a all nighter. That's absolutely. Those are the best breakfasts. Yes, for sure. Uh, Betsy, I got some stats about the movie. Stats, 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 stats. Whoosh! Ooh. Sorry, I, we we paid a lot for that fire. I had That's to right. Video. We'll bring back the fire. Mm. The fire. Yeah. Uh, Dazed and Confused opened on September 24th, 1993. September 24th. Okay. Okay. September 24th, 1990. I don't know. There doesn't seem any rhyme or reason to that to me. Uh, but this day in 90210. We have arrived at season four, episode three titled The Little Fish, Jim and Cindy are agog 
when Brenda returns from Minnesota and announces that she's not going to college. Meanwhile, Donna and David get the overnight radio show. At college? Are they at college? Are we no, at they're not CU at college yet. At this, so, point? this is after, no, this is after, so, uh, okay, so if Brenda went to Minnesota, oh, maybe, this is freshman year of college, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because they're the same age as me. So this would be freshman year of college. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, Brenda yeah. was going to go to college in Minnesota. Yeah, that's right. Because this movie came out in September, so the senior stuff would have been at the beginning of the year. That's right. So, so this I is must the have... first year of college. So did I not see this movie for a full year, and I watched it the summer after my freshman year? Maybe. Wow. Wow. Man, I was just too busy being in college to go see this movie. Yeah. Brenda, yeah. not going, not going to the little what Cal state college or whatever that everybody else is going to. So, well, I mean, they had to tease you with, Oh, we're breaking up the team. Didn't, didn't Dylan get into like Harvard or something. And he was like, no, I can't go to Harvard. Like Yale or something. I can't go to Harvard. I'll go stay with my friends at Cal tech. Or like something (laughs) happened with his mom or something. So he had to stay because he's like a good boy. Oh my God. Secretly lovely. Okay. Okay. Uh, Dazed and Confused is the number 5,741st top grossing movie of all time. Oh, wait. I didn't say how much it made. Yeah. Uh, How much did it make? It has a domestic gross of $8 million. Okay. Okay. Making it the number 121st grossing movie of 1993. And it is the number 5,741st top grossing movie of all time. Okay. Between a movie called The Pirate Movie. The okay. Pirate Movie. Hold on. Pulling it up the IMDb. 1982? That sounds right because the description Christy says, McNichol and Christopher Atkins? Oh, okay. Ooh. Maybe. Is it a takeoff of The Pirates of Penzance? Is that what it is? Yes. Okay. Then yes. Which centers on a noble pirate who leaves his profession and falls in love with a fiery young maiden. Well, there you go. The pirate movie. Does Christopher Atkins have to look naked like in everything? And I love Christy McNichol. Okay, great. Yes. And what's the other choice? Uh, So you get the pirate movie. You get Dazed and Confused. And then on the other side is Runaway Train. Runaway Train. Starring John Voight and Eric Roberts. Runaway train, runaway Run train, train, never coming back. Yes, runaway on a one way train. Seem like milk carton, milk carton, missing children, missing children. Okay, John Boyd right. and Eric Roberts. Two escaped convicts and a female railway worker find themselves trapped on a speeding train with no brakes. And nobody driving. Awesome. I love it. I love it. So flirt, marry, kill. Uh, oh, oh. So it's, oh, we should say it's John Boyd, Eric Roberts, and Rebecca De Mornay. Oh, Rebecca De Mornay. Yes. Okay. Who was in one of the top 10 movies of 1992, mm. The Hand Rocks the Cradle. Uh, so flirt, marry, kill. I think I'm going to flirt. With the 80s extravaganza that is the pirate. <laughs> and then I'm going to murder Runaway Train because they're already heading towards um, death. And then I'm going to marry. 
Days of Confused. Yeah. So yeah. Marion Days and Confused is the no brainer, but I flipped, yeah. I was I was oh. totally I, I was totally caught up in that description of runaway train. That movie probably sucks, but I love that description. <laughs> So I'll flirt with a runaway train and I'll just take out pirate movie and watch Pirates of Penzance instead. There you go. I mean, you know, these, yeah, these stills from runaway train looks great, Greg. You've really made a great choice. I think you've got some great options. Is that one of the straight going on here? I mean, they're all black and white. Look, it's very snowy, Greg. It's very snowy on the runaway train. It's one of those Things. movies that you see at the red box, you know, displays that you're like, what is that movie? And why is Morgan Freeman? In it? <laughs> no, Eric Roberts looks very suspect as he always does. He's, he's yeah. pretty sus. If you talk to, <laughs> if you talk to Julia, she'll tell you he's pretty sus. He's pretty sus. Yeah. Uh, Days and Confused has a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm, That's okay. really high. Yeah. For this movie. I'm surprised. Uh, what do you think Roger Ebert thought of this movie? Mm. I forget what he thought about Slacker. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't. Uh, we didn't talk about Slacker, so I don't I know. Maybe he can kind of see it for what it was. Maybe he can see himself in the nerds. Mm-hmm. Maybe because maybe you know what he might do. He might do a comparison to what was the other cruising around movie? Oh, the classic uh, one, American Graffiti. Well, Yes, he might do an American Graffiti comparison. Okay, uh, so the one sentence that I have now I didn't no. I don't have their full review, so I can't tell you if American Graffiti <laughs> oh, came no. up. The film's real inspiration, I think, is to depict some high school kids from the 1970s with such unblinking attention that we will realize how romanticized most movie teenagers are. Three out of four stars. It's really just Roger processing. I, you know, he's still sort of in process with this movie uh, when he writes. So it. we're over romanticizing. He must like it. Yeah, he, he's he's teenage. basically saying like, you know, we make all these teen movies, but here's a teen movie that doesn't sugarcoat its protagonists and therefore mm-hmm. maybe has something to say about the way that we treat these teenage movies. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I have a Janet Maslin review. Oh, exciting. She says she doesn't give it a number score, but she does say this. No film whose plot involves the quest for Aerosmith tickets can take itself too seriously. (laughs) So Dazed and Confused has an enjoyably playful spirit, one that amply compensates for its lack of structure. Yeah. Great. Yeah. No, okay. that's right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's basically Ruby's review. Like, I don't know yeah. what it is, but I liked it. I yeah. don't know what I just watched, but <laughs> yeah, it seems pretty totally. cool. Yeah, totally. Like, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how did this movie do at the Oscars? It had no wins or nominations at the Oscars. Unbelievably. Unbelievable. No, no cinematography. <laughs> Nothing. I can't believe it. Um, it was. It had one award nomination that I could find. It received a nomination at the Young Artist Award. The Young Artist Awards. What is that? I have no idea. That um, sounds like some. That you, sounds like the high school who's who. Yeah. <laughs> Here, come buy the book. 
Would you like to guess what nomination it received at the Young Artist Awards? What would that be? Uh, like best cast? I mean, it's like a cast award? Uh, kind of. So, okay. It got best youth actor co-starring in a motion picture. Best youth actor co-starring in a motion picture. Who now, is it? We've already said Wiley it's an ensemble cast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Wiley for grabbing um, his nose 13 times in one scene not wiley wiggins not wiley wiggins that's unfortunate uh it was jason london jason london received the only nomination for this movie hmm. for best youth actor so best youth actor good job jason london good job well like, i'm surprised it wouldn't get like an independent spirit or something like, i know it's an independent but, it, not, but it, wasn't, it wasn't independent, really. It was put out by Universal. It was a big budget movie, you know. It just, um, it just oh. flopped in the box office. Not to indulge in any alcohol, drugs, sex after 12, or any other illegal activity. <laughs> oh, my shadow. Later, baby. Found that in your glove compartment, man. Hey, you know you're the third person who's given me this today? God. But what do you reckon you're going to do? So, I don't know, man. I'll probably end up signing it. I just don't want to give in so easy. Man, it's the same bullshit they tried to pull in my day. You know, if it ain't that piece of paper, some other choice they're going to try and make for you. You got to do what Randall Pink Floyd wants to do, man. And let me tell you this. The older you do get, the more rules are going to try to get you to follow. <laughs> you just got to keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if you're going to sign that paper, man, you should throw a little grass right in the middle, man. Roll it up, yeah. sign the joint, man. That's going to tell me something. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'll do. Yeah. <laughs> assholes. Yeah, it's a lot. They're all a bunch of assholes. But you got to think about it. We've had a lot of really good times right here, Pink. Yeah, I mean, come on, Pink. I can't believe this. You act like you're so oppressed. Then you guys are kings of the school. You get away with whatever you want. What are you bitching about? Well, look, all I'm saying is that if I ever start referring to these as the best years of my life, remind me to kill myself. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, what is the lasting legacy of this movie? We really don't have to unpack this a lot because we've kind of talked about we've kind of talked about it already. I, I just wrote nostalgia and and just wrote in my notes something that I've already said, which is it's an anti-nostalgia movie that becomes nostalgic, uh, which is you know, mm. I don't know. It's interesting, right? Um, yeah. It's it's basically you can't control your art. Like once you make it and put it out there, you can't control what happens to it, you know? I mean, people would look at this and say, oh, it's a stoner movie. I mean, I, and I, I but I don't necessarily, I, mean, weed, I don't necessarily, there's more beer think of it weed. as that. Yeah. In it, right? Yeah. I mean, they cash out a keg. So, I mean, like, they, they go through like an entire keg. Like, I mean, it's a, yeah, I would say it's it's just a hanging out movie, and weed's part of hanging out. I guess because of Rory Cochran's character, because he's like a stoner character, maybe. But and there's something about that. I don't know whether there's something about that that seems. No, it's not dangerous, or that they were trying to capture from the mm. time. I don't know. I think the po- the poster didn't help, right? Because it had the smiley right. face, the, the psychedelics. It a, like, didn't it have a, like a pot leaf, and then like the. Um, yeah, something like that. Yeah, and then like the the and weren't there other than weren't there other stoner movies that kind of came after this that were much more stoner oh, movies with yeah, less totally. half baked plot and, and artistry and you know less 
kind of going on. Yeah. But I, I think of those as like late '90s because I think yeah. of like things like Half Baked and Harold and Kumar and right, 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 you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean Bill and the, Ted. Bill and Ted would have been around this time, but they, I mean they weren't really stoners; they were just kind of goofballs. Yeah, it's the accent, but All that's right. also more like Southern California. Yeah. Um, no, I did. I did find that I loved. I did find that Rory Cochran did a great job. Rory Cochran's great. Just a chameleon as an actor, too, right? I like, mean, he is nothing like over. this character. Yeah, he's oh. like all over the place. Oh, he wore a wig for this role. This is yeah. not his hair. Like, yeah. you know, he said even they the little, you know, quotes or whatever. It's like even even though the hair he was wearing was not out of place for the time of the filming of this film, he still mm-hmm. like got looks around Austin. And it's like, oh, right, really? yeah. you know, like what? But yeah, I think I think because the Slater character is so fun and interesting mm-hmm. that you get that appeal. I think mm. that that draws you in. And then there is the marketing aspect of it. Yeah. But I wouldn't necessarily see it that way. We we did when we were watching it, though, with with my 16 year old make, um, you know, some we needed to make some points around. Um, consumption levels and you know had the difference between drugs then and drugs now and mm-hmm. uh and this you know if you spoke as much as these people are smoking in this thing with with the way pot is growing now and yeah you know, these and people are drinking. smoking ditch weed yeah this is yeah like yeah <laughs> yeah so you know yeah let's yeah all of that so let's just be clear yeah. um what do you think modern day goofing off looks like I mean, this is basically a goofing off movie. Like, what do you think modern day goofing off looks like? I don't know. I mean, honestly, and I talk to my kids all the time. They, I mean, I guess they, I, they do stuff together. They hang out online a lot, though. You know, that's that's probably the difference between this. Well, I mean, the hard part is like I, I'm at a boarding school, right? They can't. They don't have cars here. So they can't like go drive around. Yeah, they can go out. Like they can go down to. You know, like the little downtown near us, and look can like walk around and go to like a restaurant or, you know, yeah, our guys go, go to the, the beach movies, a lot. Yeah. You know, yeah, like they'll go do that. But then if I think about how they hang out like on campus, right? right. Like they'll go over to someone's room, they'll play a game, they'll play like, you know, um, what do you call the, um. Like the the games that you project up on your TV, you know, like that. Um, oh crap! We played them a lot during the. Oh, pandemic. Jackbox! Yeah. Yeah, play like a Jackbox game. You know, um, you watch a movie together. You know, you kind of start to project onto things like, you know, it being like hanging out, like at your parents' house. And I guess because we live here and we have an apartment, like we'll have kids come and hang out at our place. Yeah. And that sort of thing. Yeah. But it's, you know, if I think about local kids, are they out driving around? Yeah. I mean, because also kids around here are getting licenses later and later. Yeah. I mean, that's the like thing. Kids like, in this got... thing. like that kid, the kid who's in, you know, just graduating from eighth grade, who's got the yeah. keys to his mom's car. I'm like, what the, you know, <laughs> it's a driving age here, you know? And so kids are, you know, you know, you drink beer later, you get your license later, you 
you know, all this stuff later. Oh, that, later. Middle, that middle school dance was so oh spot gosh. on. That that was, I mean, I felt like Link later took a time machine to my middle school dance, took a picture, <laughs> and then put it on screen. Like, that is exactly. I guess that's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm saying about this movie is that if you ever played baseball, then you did the good game, good game, mm-hmm. you know, you handshake said. line. Right, right. You've ever been to a middle school dance, it looks exactly like that middle school dance. You know, mm-hmm. it's just there's so many things in it that, like, uh, are such touchstones for people's memories again for like small towns. I mean, again, like I kind of preface all of this, like it's a very contextual, but if you grew up in that context, mm-hmm. like a lot of this stuff looks really familiar, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that the nostalgia part of it kind of plays into that too. But uh, who is this movie for? But I think it's for, for generation Xers. Yeah. It's for, it's for, I wrote Greg. It's for Greg. It's for Greg. It's for it's, it's for, for Betsy. Me. It's for me. It's for me. It's for it's for kids that it's, were it's, in high school at the time that the movie came out. And it's for yeah. kids that are in high school now. You know, it's like I mean, that's kind of that's kind of the beauty of it, I think, is that it it does tap mm-hmm. into sort of the weirdness of being a high schooler. And especially like, you know, a senior or a freshman um, who's starting high school for the first time or finishing their high school career. And there's a lot in it that sort of, you know, high schoolers don't really change a ton, even with like Mm -hmm. new technology and stuff. And what's your rating for this movie out of five? 4.5. Almost perfect. Mm -hmm. He almost got there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I went five out of five. It's, yeah, look at you. It is perfect to me. So ten it's out of good. Yeah, ten oh, out no. of ten. I may adjust later. We'll see. Yeah. All right. So what's what's a, what's a, what's okay? All right, good. Yeah, uh, why, uh, yeah. Let's see. A few more questions. Why did we yes. nominate this? Uh, because this was a joint pick. We were like, well, it's we've got classic. to nominate Days and Confused. It's classic. Yeah. It's it it's a generation defining. I set it up top. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did Emily say about this movie when you watched it with her? She did define the amount of alcohol and pot consumption. Oh, yeah. For the younger viewers. Yeah. yeah. But no, she she liked this movie. This is, yeah. Yeah, we just talked about kind of how the, the elements of it that were similar to our growing up. Mm-hmm. Well, another question that I have, quick question mm-hmm. that I have at the end. What do you think Whoopi Goldberg said about this in her Oscars monologue? That's right. This was a Whoopi Goldberg hosted year. Oh, I, I don't think she yeah. said anything about it. Uh, she said nothing about this. She didn't know this movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So, mm-hmm. We didn't talk about it. Uh, what's uh, what's our next? Oh, our next movie is The Fugitive. I guarantee Whoopi made jokes about The Fugitive. So um, that's it. Dazed and Confused in the books. Next up, Betsy. Our fugitive has been on the run for 90 minutes. Average foot speed over uneven ground, barring injuries, four miles an hour. That gives us a radius of six miles. What I want out of each and every one of you is a hard target search of every gas station, residence, warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, or doghouse in that area. Checkpoints go up at 15 miles. Your fugitive's name is Dr. Richard Kimball. Go get him. 
question i interest you in the capture and arrest of a dr richard kimball this is this is what this is the movie that lindy west rates all her movies by it's a great movie she rated as uh, dvds of the fugitive like 10 out of 10 dvds of the fugitive that's how she i highly recommend her essay book of of movie reviews they're amazing we're going to watch this movie in an outhouse, in a doghouse, in a hen house. Oh, Tommy Lee Jones. It's going to be great. So next, great. The Fugitive is our next movie. Uh, Betsy, thank you for hanging out at the Moon Tower with me. <sighs> How many beers have you had, Greg? Watch that ladder. I've had enough that uh, I could go for some breakfast. You want to go get some breakfast with me right now? Oh, there's nothing like a steaming <laughs> pile of pancakes after packing on the beers. That's Tony. We'll head over to the diner and we'll see you guys next time. Bye.